Welcome, welcome, welcome back. We have been gone for a while, but we are here to stay. This is the Fuller Fight Factor Live podcast, and you can find us featured on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, the MMACorner.com, and I'm sure I could probably plug an RSS feed into any other podcast streaming service. Uh, today we're going to be previewing Bellator 147, which takes place uh, December 4th in San Jose, California. Uh, we've got uh, former Strike Force lightweight champion and UFC veteran Josh Thompson taking on Pablo, hopefully I don't mess up this last name, Villaseca uh, for the lightweight main event. And then in the co-main event, we got a really intriguing featherweight bout with uh, top Bellator 145ers Daniel Weichel and Georgie Karakhanyan. Uh Both guys are, you know, legit contenders in this division. Um, Weichel is uh, coming off of a uh, failed title run, uh, but he was a last-minute replacement to uh, Patricio Freire. I hope I didn't mess that up. I've been covering those guys for a while. I should really learn to say their name. I know it's unprofessional. You know what? It's all good. We're just here to have fun. We're here to talk about fights. We're here to talk to fighters. We're here to enjoy life. Um, but he was a last-minute replacement to his current opponent, uh, who's a former World Series of Fighting champion. And uh, I'm really stoked about this. I think this card represents a move in the right direction for uh, Bellator. Um And even though Georgie was not able to uh, fight in that title fight, uh, his last fight was a a spectacular first-round submission finish over Bubba Jenkins, who's been uh, highly touted by everyone. Um, Everyone thought he was the second coming. So a win over a guy like that uh, definitely puts him on the map and right back into that number-one contender spot. And, uh, you know, um, even though... uh, Weichel was uh, finished by the current champ. Uh, you know, it was last minute, and uh, he gets a win over this guy. He's right back there. I don't know if they'll do an immediate. I'm sorry, to the former champ, you know. Um, that actually works in his favor because uh, with Strauss now holding uh, the strap, you know, that opens it up for other people to get in there. Um, you know, much like with, uh, obviously, this is a more extreme example, but Holly Holm beating Ronda Rousey. You know, we, we don't have that issue of, well, who does the champ face next if they've already beat everyone? Well, this champ has yet to face, you know, a lot of these people. And it's the same thing, uh, you know, with Strauss. He has not faced Georgie. He has not faced Weichel. Um, I think it's really an interesting division. Uh, but, you know, they might also, you know, uh, he's, he's fought this guy a few times. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't see the point in doing a uh, strauss uh, Frary 4 just yet. Let's let the division settle, see where things go. Um, but also on this card, as we mentioned, we had Josh Thompson. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys, when he's on, he's on. Um, and when he can put it all together, he can do amazing things. Uh, but at 37 years old, um, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how he comes out, how he looks. Uh you know, his, his opponent is, is a highly touted prospect. Um, so let's see. You know, I'm really curious to see how he performs. You know, he's headlining this card. Um, and what I like about this card is, you know, we've, we've got legitimate top-level mixed martial arts going on here, right? There's no gimmicks. I mean, yeah, we've got a guy who um, isn't, you know, might not be performing the way he used to perform, headlining it, but he's still a game opponent. He's still a veteran. He can put on a show. He's an exciting fighter. He's taking on a young, hungry guy. The co-main event, you know, this is definitely a shake-up. You know, this has got title implications all over it. Um, you know, Patrick E. Uh, Freire versus Derek Anderson, that's a big light fight for the lightweight division, too. You know, um, Anderson, uh, he definitely has uh, kind of been up and down lately. But uh, Patrick E., you know, after a, a bad run, he went back. He went on a good run. You know, he's 4-2 in his last six coming off over that UD win over Sada Wad, uh, who's always been one of the staples of the division. Um, you know, he's got that knockout over David Rickles, I mean, and Derek Campos. There's there's a lot going on there. And so this is a card where I think they can really highlight and showcase, you know, what Bellator has to offer. You know, um, I don't think they'll ever have 
the majority or even maybe a significant margin of top-level fighters. And you know, the UFC can tout themselves as these, you know, the, the best fighters in the world. But Bellator has got very good fighters. They've got some elite-level competition in there, and they should be touting themselves as the most exciting fighters. Um, but these guys are all professional mixed martial artists. You know, there's no gimmicks here. There's no freak show fights. Um, this is all just old, you know, legitimate mixed martial arts. And uh, it should be a really packed crowd uh, for the hometown hero, Jess Thompson, fighting there in San Jose. And, you know, that's Scott Coker's old stomping ground right there. You know, you get him in Southern California. He knows how to promote fights there. He knows how to sell fights there. And obviously, he's promoted and sold fights that Josh Thompson was fighting on for years uh, when he was in strike force. Um, you know, so it's definitely going to be intriguing. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It airs for free on Spike TV. And uh, hopefully we should have Daniel Weichel calling in here soon um, to help us, you know, look over, get his thoughts on the card, um, get his thoughts on his opponents. And, uh, you know, he's a, a German mixed martial artist, so I'm definitely curious about his perspective with regard to European MMA, MMA in Germany. Uh, you know, it wasn't really until he got into Bellator that he was fighting in front of an American audience, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, but guess what? We got the internet, motherfuckers, so we can check that shit right now. You know, uh, let's see here. Yeah, a lot of Russia. Oh, wait, no, he did. He fought in an M1 challenge in uh, Costa Mesa, California. But, you know, like, yeah, that was fighting in America in front of an American crowd, but for the... Uh, Russian promoter, so we'll call that one a push. Um, this is definitely, you know, but this isn't his first time fighting the American crowd. This is his first time fighting in Bellator. You know, he's he's four and one in Bellator. He won his first four straight, including winning the uh, featherweight uh, turn, the season ten featherweight tournament. So I definitely like to get his thoughts on the tournament format, and you know, if he thought that that worked better for him. He's definitely a guy who's very active. He's got over forty fights at thirty-one years old. He's got forty-four fight, professional fights at thirty-one years old. Um, so, you know, he's been around the block, you know, he's, uh, he was the M1 global lightweight champion, um, for a short period, you know, he fought for them for a while on and off. And like I said, he's, he's definitely fought around the European circuits mostly. Oh, wait, here we go. He fought in King of the Cage back in 2005 in Albuquerque, submitting Mike Lucero. Let's see who else was on that card. Uh, wow. He was the first fight on the card, too. Look at that. All right. Well, that still makes my point earlier that, you know, the Bellator cards are the first time he fought in front of a big American audience. Um, and, but here in the co-made event, you know, that's big. He is coming off that uh, failed title bid. Um, but, again, last-minute opponent, co-made event there. Um, and, uh, unfortunately, this fight probably won't get the same viewership as last one did, as he was the, the co-main event to the uh, Kimball Slice Ken Shamrock fight. Um, and you had Bobby Lashley on that card, too. And, uh, I don't know, you know. Oh, man, we also had Michael Chandler and Daniel Strauss on that. Man, they really packed that card. And, you know, definitely gave certain opponents, certain favorites, opponents that uh, probably would have suited their style better. Um, so, I mean, good on them for that, trying to promote the promote the show. Uh, one thing I will say about Bellator is, um, or I'll say Scott Coker in general, he, te- he seems like he tends to pick a side. You know, people will accuse um, the UFC of, like, preferring one fighter over another, but, but what they prefer is they prefer success. So the, the more successful guy, the more marketable guy, they're going to prefer, but they don't set the other guy up for failure if he wins. They always try to make sure that regardless of the outcome, you know, that every, you know they're going to, the winner's going to win big, and they're going to win big. Um, it definitely seems like Scott Coker, you know, you can go back to looking at the Strike Force posters he used to make, and obviously some of the Bellator posters when he first took over. Like, they would only feature the more popular person on one half the card. It'd be like, oh, there's all the red corner. Okay, what about the other guys? Why aren't we promoting them? And uh, what happens if these guys lose, you know? Uh, so uh, that's definitely something that I feel like this card doesn't necessarily represent. The posters I've seen have had both opponents on there, both names on there, you know. Um, so I think we're getting a little bit of a, a mix of the two with them, and they're trying to find their find their footing about where they fit in and what they want to do and what 
what's most successful, not just for their brand, but kind of for, you know, this following they're trying to build. Um, you know, they've been doing fewer events, uh, which I think is good. Um, you know, trim down your roster, but also, they, they, you know, they're definitely very good at uh, scouting out talent and giving guys opportunities, so they can't stray away from that. Um, so it's finding that right balance between, um, you know, too many cards to sell or having too many fighters for too few cards. And, uh, you know, let's see how this, I think uh, 2016 will be the year that we either see Bellator hit their stride or um, start to fade away. Um, but the way they're trying to finish off 2015, um, I think they're trying to see what works when, uh, unfortunately, that uh, Shamrock Gracie fight, uh, I feel it's a move in the wrong direction. Uh, I think that's something that's going to cost them a lot of money, especially having an idea where, like, you know, what Gracie likes to fight for and what he expects, you know. I mean, we would have seen him in the UFC a few years ago again, but he's got a high price tag. Um, and they might be willing to risk it all, but considering they don't, really, they don't have a pay-per-view model to generate massive amounts of, of revenue, I mean, and their TV numbers just, I feel like they're not really supporting that size of purse. Um that, you know, focusing on some of these um, lesser attentive markets that they do and selling out seats there, that's, that's got to be where they, they, they put it down, you know. Um, they definitely they do a lot in the Midwest, uh, you know, which has a strong uh, culture of MMA. If you go to the Origins, you go to, the, you know, the Militich guys, you go to the uh, Extreme, Extreme Challenge. That was the big one out there, right, you know, uh, you know, a lot of grassroots movement out of the Midwest, but it never really picked up because, you know, we don't have a very big, we don't have the major markets there, I think, um, for the UFC to put as much attention. But that's definitely where Bellator can go in, you know, say this this is going to be our spot. This is, this is going to be our crowd. These are the people we're going to cater to. Um, and, and I will also say one thing Scott does real well is uh, he's got great relationships with other promoters in the international market. You know, he's got a different business model. So his ability to bring in some of this uh, international talent, I think, will help elevate the quality of not only the fights, but the fighters. You know, we, 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 uh, by abandoning the tournament model, um, which uh, I'm always having mixed feelings about. You know, I think it's one of those things, like, I'm kind of glad they did it, but I can see it's definitely the smart thing to move away from that, especially when you lock guys into, what was that, the old Bjorn Revenue? Like, well, you want a title shot, you got to win the tournament, but then, well, we still can't have our champions not fight, so they're fighting in non-title fights. And was that, uh, when, uh, Christian Mapumbo, I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering his name, but he lost to Travis View in a non-title fight, and so... Then Travis, you had a fight in a tournament to earn his way to a real title shot. All right, we got a caller on the line. That's who we're waiting for. Hello, Daniel, is that you? Hello? Hello? Hello, Daniel. Yes. Hey, welcome, welcome. Uh, we were just talking about, well, we, it was me. Uh, just talking about Bellator 147, breaking down the card. Uh, glad you could join us today. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. All right. So a big card coming up next week. I'm sure you're pretty excited, right? Definitely. I can't wait. Can't wait to to fly to San Jose and uh, can't wait for Fourth of December. So wh- where are you at right now? Um, right now, I'm in my apartment in Frankfurt, in Germany. I like how you say you're in your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a chair. That's good to know. It adds a nice little uh, third dimension <laughs> to the conversation. Yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> you you, uh, you do all your training and uh, your camps out there. Yeah, I do it at uh, MMA Spirit in in Frankfurt. Yeah, so I I live right where where I'm training. Oh, and I'm I'm sure that makes things logistically a lot simpler for you. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I know how it was in the past when I had to drive to every training session for more than maybe an hour and. Uh, 
yeah, just to get separate wrestling classes and uh, striking classes. And now I have everything under one roof, great coaches, a nice facility, and uh, the best training partners I can imagine to train with. Yeah. Now, at, um, at 31 years old, I feel like you're just starting to hit your prime, you know, and get your stride, but you've got 44 professional fights. So you've, you've been around the sport for a number of years, and you've competed in a number of organizations. Um, is there anything unique that you've noticed about just, uh, you know, the, the development of MMA, and probably specifically, you know, in your own country, in Germany or in Europe, as you've seen it change and evolve? You just mentioned driving around a lot to only having to go to one place now. Anything else that uh, strikes you as significant? Yeah, um, MMA is growing in Germany. I mean, since I've be, begun with MMA, MMA, nobody knew about MMA back then. Uh, but now uh, more and more people get to know what MMA is, what it's all about, what it takes to be a professional fighter. But I wish... Uh, that it becomes a main a main sport uh, here in in Germany. This would be uh, really one of my wishes for for MMA in Germany. But yeah, it's still a long way to go, I think. Yeah. And uh, you're a guy who got started pretty young. You were a teenager when you started training. Is that correct? Yeah, I was 17 when I yeah. first fought Shuto in in Holland. Yeah. yeah. And I think for, like, an American any time within the last five years to start at 17 would be pretty common. But to think about you starting at 17, 13 years ago in, you know, in Europe, it just seems like such a, I mean, an anomaly because the sport wasn't nearly what it is, you know, then as it is now, let alone in, in a market that uh, I feel like was mostly, um, didn't have a lot of attention at the time. Yeah, definitely. MMA was like very small, and uh, in Holland they started to have a, uh, a couple of shows. But yeah, I was I was in love already with the sport, so for me there was uh, nothing else I would would do. Uh, nothing else I would love to do. You know, there was uh, from the first moment uh, I was in contact with that uh, amazing sport. There was no way back for me. And uh, yeah, even uh, after a couple of years, it got I got more and more addicted uh, to the sport. <laughs> I guess that's what that's what it takes, right? If you, if you love something, love it completely. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes um, you have no choice. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not. Yeah, it's a, like you said, it, it can be an addiction, but this is a positive one. You know, it's uh, you know, you're fighting. Uh, yeah, definitely. Big, yeah. Big crowd, televised event, you know, it's starting to pay off. Um, now, has there been a lot of talk about this being essentially a title eliminator bout, um, given that Strauss now has the title, and your last fight you were a last-minute replacement, and Georgie was supposed to be the original opponent? So is this basically a title eliminator for you and him? For me, it's all about the belt, you know, Um and I'm very happy that I can fight uh, one of the top guys of the division uh, just because it puts me back in the position for the title again. You know, uh, Georgie is one of the best guys in the division, and when I beat him, I'm right back for the title run, and I'm ready for it, no matter who has the belt. Yeah. And uh, is there anything stylistically that you could see him giving you problems with? Not, not, not really, because I don't focus too much on on him as a fighter. Um, he's well-rounded. He's he's very good at uh, at everything. But uh, I focus on myself to be the best fighter I can be. Um, my my coaches did a great job preparing me for that fight. So when I get in that cage, sharp and ready, I don't think there's anything he can do to me. So do your coaches do most of the um, like analysis and figure out the game plan, and then that way you can just focus on yourself and trust in them that you know they're giving you the right tools for this opponent. Yeah, I, of course I I, um, I analyze him myself as well, but um, I do it more in the beginning of the training camp, and later on it's uh, it's all my coaches that. Uh, yeah, that put the right 
the right things together and the right game plan for for the couple of weeks of uh, of the training camp. So after the first couple of weeks, I don't think too much about my opponent anymore. I don't watch the fights all the time. So I trust 100% of my coaches, and uh, yeah, they're doing a great job. And uh, this fight specifically, is it is it business as normal, or is there anything? I mean, you know, you mentioned he's definitely one of the top guys, and he's a guy worth beating to get to the title. But is there anything personal about him? Um, you know that uh, you know you're, you're, that's going to be particularly satisfying for you in this win. He did have a win over uh, for me. I trained for, I trained for every fight there. like it would be my. Sorry. I said, he does have a win over Dean Thomas, who I know you have a relationship with. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think about that, really. Uh, for me, for me, this is like a title fight. I train for every... I, this is my mindset when I go into training camp, when I when I get my next opponent. I train for this fight like it is a title fight. I I put everything I have, I dedicate to that, to that fight. I eat... Uh, I eat like a champion. I train like a champion, and uh, yeah, with this mindset, I go into every fight like it's for the belt. Excellent. Um, now, uh, I was before you called in. I was talking about the card as a whole, and how uh, one thing I really like about this card is, um, you know, it's it's stacked. We've got you know some veterans on there. We've got some young talent. We have some top level guys who people don't really know who they are yet, yourself included. And I think this is like should be the model for future Bellator events. You know, without the, um, it might not have the name draw of some of these people who probably shouldn't be fighting anymore. But it definitely has, you know, the right quality of fighters on it. And one thing I thought was interesting was how Scott Coker is able to bring in this international talent and highlight them in a way. You know, yourself and Georgie are perfect examples for that. Um, so when you think about fighting yeah. in America, are you seeing a, a do you feel like there's a shift to them being more receptive to European fighters on the cards um, and kind of building your own fan base over here? Of course. Of course. First of all, I love to fight in the U.S. Um, I always have a great time over there, and uh, definitely I want to make my uh, bring my name out there, and uh, I want to put on performance that uh, make me remember, you know. I want to... I want to make people talk about that fight um, that I bring to the table, you know, each and every time. So I try to, put, I, I will put on um, a good performance, and people will talk about it 100%. Now you fought all over the world. Where was your favorite location? I can't. There's so there's so many places uh, where great locations where, I mean. Um, definitely, it's it's all uh, connected also with the experience I made there. So when I look back, um, the the last show um, in St. Louis was an awesome show. I met great people over there, and the fans were awesome. So also in Russia, I made the great experience um, when I fought in Moscow with one uh, twenty one thousand people there. This was also an amazing experience, but. It's more the journey for me and uh, the people I met at the different locations. And like the last two years when I fought in the U.S., I really um, I enjoyed that time uh, over there with the people uh, that I met while I was cutting weight uh, and before and after the fight. It was just amazing. So this will be your sixth straight fight for Bellator and in the U.S., do you feel like um, you like that consistency? You know, you, you said it's about the journey, but, you know, you go to another Bellator event one after the other and you start to see the same people. Does it start to feel like home at some point, at least the event itself? Definitely. Definitely. Is, uh, um, I like the consistency. Um, I like to fight many times. When I when I feel healthy, when my body is good, uh, I want to go right away. I I don't take off from training, you know. I I'm always learning. I'm always training, and um, whenever my body is ready, and uh, most of the time uh, uh, he luckily is, um, I can go. You know, if uh, 
If there's to fight, I will go and fight, no matter when it is, no matter who it is. Uh, do you feel like that um, approach and mentality is what aided you so well in winning the tournament? Because I know a lot of guys, like, have a hard time either mentally enduring or their bodies have a hard time holding up to keeping up that pace of the tournament style that you competed in last year? Definitely. It's tough to fight uh, three times in such a short amount of time. But, but yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, uh, I was lucky. I got no injuries at all in a, when I was fighting the tournament. And I think, yeah, you can't predict these things. You know, you fight tournament. Of course, it can happen that you uh, injure yourself, but uh, I really liked it. I, I, this was an awesome experience for me, and um, yeah, that's, that's all I can say. It was yeah. a great experience, and I, I like the mentality to fight many times, as many as possible. <laughs> so not so much the tournament format as so much as you like just being very active. There, yeah, definitely, yeah. You can be the, the Donald Cerrone of 145 pounds, then we'll just get you as many fights as we can. No problem with that. <laughs> um, now, is uh, when you look at Bellator, you know, and it's starting to feel like home, um, when you start to see, like, the last uh, card you fought on, you were also the co-made event, and that was to, you know, the big uh, Kimbo Slice Ken Shamrock fight. You know, when you see a fight like that go yeah. on, it, um, you know, uh, what what are your thoughts, like positive or negative, about that whole experience and kind of what that does for you? Uh, I think I think uh, many people tuned in for that fight. So also many people tuned in for my fight, and this is the positive. You know, I mean, it's a it's entertainment sport. So um, and. Yeah, you can. Um, there's a many different kind of people that want to see different kind of matches, and the more people you can reach with the with the event, the better it is, I think. And when it uh, helps me to get more uh, recognized in the U.S., that's good, you know. Yeah. Okay. So you, you don't are you're not worried about them overshadowing you in those events because of. I mean, I, some people have the mentality. No, no, I think as my... As long as they're turning in. <laughs> no, I think I want to I wanna make the statement with my performance, you know, and uh, and after that they remember my name. Well, there you go. I think, uh, yeah, being a German fighter in America gives you a little bit of a niche, you know. Like, it's, in Germany you're just another German fighter, but here it's like, well, there's the German guy. Let's see him. Let's see what he can do. And he's fighting a Russian guy, and everyone's scared of yeah. Russian fighters right now for some reason. <laughs> you, you've been fighting, you've been fighting Russian fighters your whole life, your whole career. <laughs> yeah, many, many times. Yeah, I, I uh, actually that, that's a that's a good segue. Uh, now, you know, we're starting to see kind of a resurgence of um, not just top level European fighters, but definitely you know some of these Russian fighters. Um, what what do you think it is? stylistically or I don't know if there's uh, just an approach to their their fighting that they have that's kind of helped them make a mark in the sport you know have you have so much experience in dealing with those opponents you know is there anything that they bring to the table that you know maybe American fighters might not be used to I don't know I think this uh, switch as far as this from person to person is different I think it's uh it comes many times up to the to the mindset a person has, and I think this is uh, all over the world. We have different mindsets, or persons are different. So I I, I can't can't say <laughs> some specific what would be specific for a certain kind of uh, country. You know, I, I don't know. I, I guess like yeah, traditionally like the American fighter is going to be that collegiate wrestler, you know, like, just, you know, the Brazilian guy is going to be the jiu-jitsu guy. I think people, like, associate a style with a country. I think today it's usually. all mixed up. I think today it's it's so mixed up, you know. I mean, also the Russians are awesome wrestlers. Also, the, the they are so famous for re- wrestling and sambo. Um, but, but also the boxing is now, it's all over. I think only... 
like more in Brazil, they are very. They have uh, still many many of the fighters have a jiu-jitsu mentality that they train with the gi, and that is that is very important for them. I think they still keep their uh, their 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 jiu-jitsu mentality up. Yeah. Do you think that that um, kind of may, means that they have to work harder to achieve the same level because they put that? You know, um, I don't want to say handicap, but because they put that requirement of training in the geese so much that that maybe that that's sort of preventing them from continuing to dominate in that category. No, it, it can also be positive for them if they believe in it. Then it can work. Um, it's, I think, it is if uh, if you if you feel comfortable with what you're doing and it 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 works in the fight, then you should continue it, you know. Um I think just everybody has to find uh find a way to to find out what is um working the best for for himself. There are so many different unique fighters and everybody prepares and works uh, in a different way. Um yeah, that uh, just everybody has to find his own way to to get the best out of uh, himself. Uh- that's a beautiful way of putting it. I like that. It, and it goes back to what you said before about the mentality. The mentality of a fighter and is, is going to determine how they approach yeah. it. So what, what they, if they believe in themselves, then that's going to help that individual. Yes. No. Yeah. No. I, I, lo- I love your I love your philosophy on this. Uh, I'll ask these questions and I'll <laughs> generic answers, but you definitely yeah <laughs> you definitely got a very a positive you know way of the warrior approach to looking at fighting, uh, and that's very admirable. Uh, when you when you're at these events, are you paying attention to the other fights going on? Um, are you trying to enjoy the experience, or are you just uh, mostly in, up until the point when you fight? Are you just focused on that, and then you worry about everything else after your fight? Yeah, it's hard. You know, I I don't really pay atten- pay so much attention to it, but I realize that um, when after the after the event. Uh, I realized, hey, I didn't see any of the other fights. This is crazy, uh, because <laughs> I'm so much into, uh, I'm so much concentrated for, for my fight and my game plan and what I'm going to do that I that I really I don't see so much of uh, what is around me. I try to keep keep a clear focus uh, um, on on this 15 minutes, you know, and this is. Uh, I think this is also uh my way to to be successful um to, to lay all my focus on this one moment inside the cage and afterwards you it's it's just like uh you changing uh, the scenario it's like whoa now you can enjoy now you can see everything you can talk you can uh have other influences uh, and let it uh, and you accept that influences afterwards and before you're more uh, locked and you just yourself, yourself and uh, everything you have to to put on one point uh, and one moment you have to bring everything. And afterwards it's completely different, and then you can enjoy more everything what is around. Do you have any um, like psychology coaching or you know uh, like sports coach? You know like kind of mentality specific tools or, or people that you help to bring you in with that or is this just something that you know you just try to handle yourself to try to maintain that right mindset before you enter about uh, I think I think as a I have I have a very good friend uh, I've talked with him over um, regarding to the fight and the preparation and this is a very uh, uh, important mental uh, help for me and makes me. I feel like it helps me to to have a solid mindset. Uh, talking with with a good friend, uh, plus the experience I made uh, throughout my mixed martial arts career, I was always interested in uh, the psychological effect, um, effect of fighting and how to prepare uh, psychologically for a fight. So this was something that always interested me so 
I, I try every now and then when I have time or energy to read, I try to, to learn more about how to, to focus in a perfect way for upcoming challenges. So this is also something I, I never stopped uh, during my life to, to work on. And I, I found out that this is, you can put this into life as well. Well, how you prepare for for fight mentally, it helps many other people to um, to get yeah ch to to overcome challenges in their in their own life, no matter what it is. Wow. So so for you, fighting when you show up to fight, that that's like the culmination of all this hard work. But you are twenty four seven. Excuse me. Uh, like you said, you're training all the time, whether you have a camp or not, but you are mentally focused and preparing all the time to make sure you're in the right state of mind to handle the fight and training and life. Would that be an accurate summary? Yeah, it's it's not like I'm always uh, always visualizing the fight at any uh, part of the day, but I um, I'm very I try to to learn. But how I'm working, how my 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 mind is, uh, how to approach my mind perfectly for the fight, and especially in the preparation. Of course, you do it more, uh, more than when you're in off season. But also in off season, I try to read and try to to get some knowledge about how the human mind is uh, working and uh, preparing for 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 yeah for events like this. Uh, yeah, that's definitely an area where I think a lot of guys neglect. You know, I think they just assume that they can tough it out or that you're going to have good days and bad days. But knowing that the mind and body work together, you know, and that one affects the other and that that's how you become a complete fighter is, is definitely, that seems to be something that's working well for you. 100%. It's like when, when the body can't do nothing without the mind and uh, it has to work together. One doesn't work with the other, without the other. Yeah. And uh, uh, just to, in case I messed it up earlier, how do you pronounce your last name? Weichel. Weichel? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, that's not what I was saying earlier, but now I know how to say it the way you would say it. And I, whenever possible, like to make that effort. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel it's a little bit presumptuous of us as Americans that speak uh, English to just be like, wow, that's not how it's it's weakle, that's fine. That's what I'm gonna call him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said I said Macedonia the other day and someone was like, It's Macedonia and I was like, No, it's not. Ask them, you know. <laughs> uh, he will forgive uh, you. Yeah, exactly. All right, good. No, thank you. I, I like to make the conscious effort. Um now uh how about weight you fought at lightweight for a while. Is featherweight the weight that's your that's your best weight where you're you're having the best performance and you feel physically the strongest at. I think one hundred percent of featherweight is my division. Um, I've learned so many things about weight cutting and dieting, and I can put it now all together. And I feel I have more power, more better cardio than I ever had before in my entire career. So. Since I'm fighting in, in the featherweight division, I feel like I feel stronger than ever, and so I have no doubt this is the, it was the right decision to move to featherweight. And what what kind of weight cutting and rehydration techniques do you typically use? Um, it starts. I, I basically start dieting when I start the preparation, like six weeks out to the fight, and. Uh, like I eat very clean uh, for about the first three weeks. I eat clean and try to get my weight uh, on a normal base. And then the last three weeks, I cut down the, the portions and I eat more strictly on a on a on a meal plan. So that I have uh, until the last week, I only uh, looking for the water and to do the 
water load and then cut the water a couple of days off, water and salt, cut it out. The last two days, last uh, two days the salt, last day the water. And yeah, I, I work with hot baths. With hot baths was, uh, uh, feels very comfortable for me to, to cut the water with the bath um, because my head is outside on the air and yeah, it feels better than doing sauna. Yeah, one one thing I try I always was always amazed me was guys who do a lot of cardio to cut that weight. Like there's tech, you know, like I always feel like that should be the last resort, you know, putting on the sauna suit and getting on the stairmaster because there's all these ways to lose the yeah. water weight that don't require extra energy that I feel like set you up for failure the next day. Yeah. I mean, I also go a little bit uh for running the last week but but nothing very intense so i tried to get the weight and water down nice and smooth you know but without that, that's any pressure on the norm- body yeah that's probably part of your normal routine though like that's not like an extra workout so much as that's just your keep your body moving workout yeah yeah so it's always nice yeah, to hear guys that aren't doing extreme yeah for last week measures. it's more routine <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it's nice to hear guys feel healthy and strong without doing anything extreme. And do you, uh do you yeah. or are you allowed yeah, I mean, to I mean I think weight cut definitely is kind of extreme <laughs> anyways but <laughs> yeah. you can do it in a in a more healthy way, you know. Yeah, I think that might be that old wrestler mentality we have here that that's how you know that's how you cut weight. You just got to grind it out and the guy who grinds it out more than the other guy is the guy that wins. Yeah, I don't and think that. Yeah, it's thinking it's thinking smarter, not harder, was an expression we would use. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, what about yeah, rehydrating? Yeah, rehydrating, I do the, uh love coconut water, and uh, depending on how I feel, I do an IV. And uh, the UFC implemented, or is implementing an IV ban. Has there been any talk about that happening in Bellator that you're aware of? Or any other organizations? Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that recently. Yeah. I know theirs is self-imposed. No one told them to do that. But I guess the the theory is that when you use the IV, um, one way they check for illicit substances is for plastic particles in your blood. But when you use an IV, you're going to get plastic okay. particles. So it can mask certain agents, apparently. And that's why the uh, World okay. Anti-Doping yeah, Agency doesn't allow it. It's like, I didn't know that, but now I do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But everyone else listening is going to know it, though. Other people have said that before. I'm not the first person. Um, and now you fought in a lot of organizations. You know, what's the variance you've noticed in regards to pre- and post-fight uh, blood and urine testing, if at all? Like, who, who's doing Sorry, it the best? Can you repeat that? So, uh, all the different promotions you fought in around the world who has had like the strictest um testing policy and who has had the testing policy that kind of made you worry like there's no policy why am i fighting here i don't feel safe please say the rest no i feel (laughs) i feel very i feel very uh good with bellator they i got tested and um but still I i feel like they're taking very good care of us you know uh, of the fighters and everything is uh, is comfortable for 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 the fighters so that they can st- even if if they test test you they don't um, they don't get into your mind that you cannot that you have a hard time focusing on the fight you know it's like doing the routine stuff the normal check and then uh, you're ready to fight. So they just make it part so, of, like, the med- medical screening, and it's very comfortable and just business. It's not intimidating. Yeah. No, exactly. That's what it is. It's, it's you, you, have a, you have the feeling it's taken care of very well, but it's not taken uh, anything away from preparation or training camp, you know. Yeah. And which, um, if you want to share organizations, do you think Mike could use a little bit more testing? I don't know. Um, you don't have to say think, anyone by name if you don't want to. 
No, I, no, I think there should be a, a general um, testing for for like every, for every uh, a fair general testing around the globe for any um, uh, mixed martial arts uh, organization that there's uh, a base that everybody can uh, look on, you know, that is uh, uh, fair to to the fighters. Uh, and take care for the fighters that uh the health is um, number one yeah on um, yeah that uh, that just the safety for the fighters uh, is sure you know yeah uh real quick how much how much longer do I have you for when, you know whenever you're ready, let me know, but if I got you for a few more minutes, I'll ask you a few more questions go ahead yeah sure okay um so, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, preparing for fighting and, you know, your approach to training, but when when you're not fighting, like, you know, what what is it, you know, what's going on in Daniel Vichel's, like, life? You know, what what makes him happy? What's he do for fun? When I'm in preparation, I, I love to, to do, to join some time with my family um, and... Yeah, everything that's in the nature. Uh, I like to ride bicycle outside, doing outside stuff. Um, that's what makes me happy, you know. I I really in the when I'm in preparation, time is very short, so I visit my family once a week and I have a uh, some downtime with them. Um, of course, when I'm uh, when I'm in Frankfurt, uh, training all week, I spend the time. Some time with my with my girlfriend and uh, relax with her uh, for a little bit, but yeah, um, <laughs> that, that sounds get like my, code for my booty mind call. Relaxed. <laughs> that sounds like code huh? for booty call. I said that sounds like code for booty call. Like ah, I need to go relax with my girlfriend for a bit. Go back to training. No. <laughs> <So, laughs> I, I don't mean to embarrass yeah. you. I'm just I'm just a joker. That's all. <laughs> What about in between? No, 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 of course. When, when, when you're not getting ready for a fight. Yeah, then then I try to to maybe go for a couple of days uh, to my family, um, stay there for a couple of days, and uh, have some time with them, or go with my girlfriend for a little vacation uh, if we have some time. So yeah, try to uh, yeah try to spend some more time with my family and. Um, yeah, do the stuff I, I love to do. Like, uh, um, yeah, if I can, I if I have some more time, I go for surfing. Uh, if I'm around here in Germany, I just uh, go uh, bicycle, ride the bicycle, or um, go on a lake or whatever. Where Where do you go surfing at? Uh, depends on. I'm checking out. Every now and then, some, I was in Morocco surfing. I was in Gran Canaria surfing. In Thailand, I did some surfing. Like I checked the uh, the locations where um, a good surf beginner surf spot. So uh, <laughs> that's yeah. a good way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, let's uh, see some good beginner surfing in Thailand. Let's go check that out this weekend. That is the life, my man. That's all I'm hearing right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was a uh, one one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. not not every weekend, but yeah, <laughs> still, even to do it once. No, no, yeah. No. yeah, that's what I was actually just yeah. talking to a buddy the other week about trying to plan a trip to Vietnam just randomly because, you know, like, why not, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's how you do it, you know? Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, is there anything else you want to share? Anything, you know, final thoughts about the fight, about life? You know, sponsors, everyone's always got shout-outs, right? Of course, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me, and uh, make sure you tune in uh, December fourth, Bellator one forty seven. Me taking on Georgia Kanakanian. I want to thank all my sponsors: uh, Olymp Germany, Fight Nature, and uh, One Spirit. Uh, I'll put on a show for you guys and continue my mission to the belt. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for calling in. I have I should have asked you what time it is there right now because it's midday for me and 
that's pretty convenient. But uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time to call yeah, in. Yeah, here it's uh, about uh, almost 10:30 p.m. Oh, yeah. so I'm keep, I'm keeping you up late. Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, we'd love yeah, to have no you problem. again. <laughs> uh, anytime you, I won't say it out loud, but oh wait, no, this probably isn't your number here. It's giving me an American number pop up on my little dashboard. Anyway, um, yeah, well, hopefully we'll be in in touch after the fight. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, you're definitely an amazing human being. Um, I love your I love your mentality and approach to fighting. It's very refreshing and good to hear. And it's nice to see top level European fighters getting um, the recognition they deserve in the American market. So uh, wish you the best of luck. And uh, yeah, like you said, everyone tune in December 5th. I'm sorry, December 4th, uh, Spike TV co-main event, Daniel Weichel versus uh, Georgie Karakanyan. I probably messed that up, but, you know, my my, my language doesn't okay, care. Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate it having me. <laughs> hey, no problem. All right. You have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, that was Daniel Weichel, uh, featherweight, top featherweight for Bellator, um, giving us his thoughts on, uh, you know, fighting, MMA, Bellator. Um, definitely shared, you know, uh, some personal thoughts on, you know, just his mentality, and uh, uh, that's always refreshing to hear. You know, it's no buzzwords, just, you know, giving us, you know, his true feelings. Um, so, you know, we, we try not to play favorites, but I, I always, I'm going to respect and appreciate any decent human being who's a good fighter. Win, lose, or draw. You know, I like to see people succeed and do well in life and be healthy. Um, so with that said, I think we just about got it covered. We're going to get this finished in under an hour, hopefully just under 55 minutes if I can shut up. So, yeah, check us out, blogtalkradio.com slash the Fuller Fight Factor Live, theMMACorner.com, and iTunes. Just look for Fuller Fight Factor. You probably just type in, like, Fight Factor. It'll most likely come up. Uh, Sorry, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold. Uh, But, yeah, with that said, hey, thanks for tuning in. We're glad to be back. Uh, We'll hopefully be doing this on a weekly basis if I can manage it, and I will do my best to do that. Uh, Any sponsors interested in supporting the Fuller Flight Factor Live or the MMACorner.com, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, You know, Justin Fuller, uh, Flight Factor Live, hit me, you know, Instagram, Facebook. I don't care. You know, you can call you call your mama to tell me. That's fine. It's all good. All right, people. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to end this shit. <laughs>